0: Hello, and welcome to the Rothwell Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence podcast. Our mission here at RCTLE is to empower faculty members in their pursuits of professional growth through diverse offerings for the universal goal of student success. Each episode will offer insight into best teaching practices, new resources, and interesting people here at Embry Riddle worldwide. We hope you will find our show to be helpful and enlightening. Happy listening! All right, so today is a really exciting episode because this is our first episode of 2021. So January, Happy New Year. Yay! Happy (laughs) Happy New Year! So excited to leave 2020 behind. It was a terrible year, to say the very least. I think that 2020 really took us off guard in terms of, you know, how we approach education and how we offer support to our teachers and to our instructors. So I'm really excited to be here with the three RCTLE team leads so we can all discuss how we can approach 2021 in a more proactive way um, to make sure our instructors can provide an engaging and personalized learning experience for those students who are all very disconnected from, you know, society as we are used to it. So just to start off, RCTLE provides support teams for each college, so the College of Arts and Sciences, the College of Business, and the College of Aeronautics. We have small teams of faculty quality managers and faculty developers in each group, and each group has a team lead. So I thought it best to talk to our three team leads today and call on their expertise in the teaching and learning field and talk about some best practices that we think will make our instructors most successful in the new year. We have Cody Sire, the team lead for the College of Business, Heather Rosar Bergman, the team lead for the College of Arts and Sciences, and Kelsey Coates, our team lead for the College of Aeronautics. First, we're gonna talk to Cody Sire, all right? And she is going to talk about multiple feedback tools and how to use those in Canvas. So take it away, Cody.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's I think as we approach New Year, we talk a lot about the instructor experience and ways to enhance the instructor experience. But there's also things instructors can do to help them, but also to work with the students and really provide, you know, especially thinking about pandemic learning, um, just kind of that personalized experience to students and really enhance their education experience. And so we find the use of multiple feedback tools is a small but yet really impactful way to do that. So, you know, when you consider the different types of learning styles, whether you're written, a verbal, or a visual learner, you know, there's multiple ways to address that. And if you can use a variety of tools that can really kind of target each one of those within the student experience, but also provide an opportunity for personalization along the way. So, for example, media feedback is a great way to provide interaction and kind of engagement, and you can really personalize the feedback to the student so they feel connected to you, which even in the online learning modalities, that can be a tremendous add on um, to the student experience and really make them feel like the instructor cares and they see them as a person and not just a number in the digital world. The audio visual feedback tools, the media feedback, whether you're looking at videos or just the media recordings, is a great way to have intonation and express enthusiasm or really emphasize the points that you want to address with the student. Different tools can address different aspects of the assignment. So for example, the markup tools, you can focus on formatting or APA. Grammar, just some of the more technical requirements to give specific examples, while the assignment comments in the gradebook can focus on the general content and the quality of the assignment. And then if you look at the rubric comments, that's a great way to show the breakdown of the learning objectives and it, how well you met the requirements of the actual assignment itself. And so, you know, it's everything in moderation, you know, just like eating in the holidays, you know have a brownie or a slice of pie, but maybe not the whole pie. The expectation is not to use every single tool for every single assignment, but kind of just fit the tools to the assignment. You know, often the more high stakes assignment need the heavier emphasis on feedback versus if it's a discussion or a blog or kind of a reflection assignment. You know, those are a little bit more low key. And so maybe just one tool is enough for those.
0: I think that that's a great point. And I also think it's really, really important that people are using multiple feedback tools, like in conjunction with each other, even if It is to just point out what was done well. Absolutely. Instead of just being like, you know, great job in the assignment comments, students would really appreciate or do really appreciate when they can go into that doc viewer and see those annotations like, wow, this was a really great point. Like, where did they really hit the mark? I don't think that we see enough of that. So I do hope to see more of that in the new year, but also like you had mentioned, general assignment comments and then document annotations clarifying those points or grammar APA. I think that those are all really um, good strategies.
1: And I think back to my own academic experience. My undergrad was traditional university face-to-face and my master's was primarily online and particularly in some of my um, graduate courses it was always super frustrating to me when the instructor would make comments like your APA formatting is wrong and I'm like but like what is wrong facing the running head like what specifically is wrong so I would change little things but I was never changing the right things and he would also several of my instructors one particularly would never provide the specific examples and so I just felt like I was you know, throwing a dart and hoping to get it right. And, you know, APA is such a broad category anyways, and it's hard to um, be an expert, especially from a student perspective, you know, there's just a lot to learn from it. So we definitely find, you know, like you mentioned, what was done well, but the sandwich approach too, where you can use multiple tools really allows you to really enhance and embrace that where you say what was done well, or you can show what was done well, you can give constructive criticism in areas of improvement as, and then end on a high note.
0: And I think to be able to offer like a really successful sandwiching approach, I think that, you know, multiple feedback tools is like the way to go. <laughs> so you're not just doing it all in one big, huge paragraph. Yeah, exactly. Whole, I agree. Not.
2: I feel like the best combination seems to be, as far as receiving feedback on my own, is those assignment comments give you a good general overview. But the doc viewer, the combination of assignment comments and doc viewer tools is so helpful because when you mention something like your site citations, or you mentioned something like a little more detail was needed in a certain area. Going in using those doc bureau tools and just pinpointing it or putting a comment or highlighting it for the student just to show them where you're talking about makes such a difference. So, that's my go to combination, and I see it a lot with instructors too. I think it's really helpful for students.
3: Well, and you know, the part when she talks about being specific, I know that's one thing I'll touch on in a minute, but it's so very important. Like you talked about APA being such a broad area, a student needs to know exactly where they need to improve. They don't need to be throwing a dart at a dartboard. I mean, the whole well, purpose of feedback is to be a dialogue so that the student knows how to get from where they currently are in their performance to where they actually need to be. So you need to be specific with that assignment and with that student. So that's that was a really good point, Cody.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think that'll be a great segue to your topic, Heather. So we'll move on to Heather and Heather's tip. Heather Rosar Berkman from the College of Arts and Sciences. You're going to go ahead and talk about feedback opportunities and strategies in Canvas.
3: Yes, and I, I love the fact that I'm piggybacking on Cody a little bit because she's talking about all the tools to use. And I think that there are so many within Canvas and outside of Canvas that instructors can use. The one important thing that I think they need to understand also is just because the tool exists doesn't mean you have to use it, but finding that right combination of maybe just get good at a few of the tools and use those intermittently and use them at the appropriate time instead of thinking that there are 10 tools and I need to make sure I use every single one during the term know what works for your students you know know what works for the assignment and just just get good at some of them don't be scared for students to see video feedback of you (laughs) Um, students crave that there are there are so many points where they answer surveys, they want to see their instructor, they want to get that personalization and that really helps. So it's okay to make a mistake and let them see who, who you really are. And because they can also see when you are making those visuals with your face, seeing hearing the intonation in your voice, seeing those nonverbal things in your face, just to kind of get that, um, that personalization, I think is really important. But just the basic things that really any kind of feedback really needs, that specific Which is what Cody brought up, not just that, hey great job, you need to do work a little harder on this part, tell me what I need to do. It's not that you have to tell me exactly every little thing in this assignment, but give me some direction. That's what feedback is. It's a dialogue, it's a direction to help that student get to where they need to be. So, um, and I know we've mentioned in some other professional development that, you know, having a feedback bank is a great idea, but we also need to be careful. A feedback bank is great for when you know those assignments and you know, know what most students maybe struggle with or need help with, but don't just simply copy and paste the same comment every time. That comment needs to be personalized for a particular student, what they did and that particular assignment. So, you need to be careful because students know when you're just copying and pasting the exact same feedback for every single student. They know. So, that specificity can be, you have to be careful. <laughs> Another big one, I think for me, a lot of times is making sure that your feedback is timely. And I've said this before in presentations, but you also have to remember that your perspective on what timeliness is can be so different. As an instructor, I think, hey, 48 hours, that's time. As the student in an online course where we expect everything right away, they think timely is, hey, I sent you a message and 15 minutes later, you're responding. So, you know, different perspectives. So, It's important to clarify, maybe in announcements or, you know, in your introduction to the class, what the expectation of timeliness is, whether it's of the student or what they should expect of you. You should expect to hear from me within. You should expect that I will grade or I will let you know. That way, at least you're both on the same page so that everybody knows what the expectation is of each other. Um, I agree with that, Heather. And I think it's such
1: a great opportunity to model to your students what you expect and then they can reciprocate you know and in that could you know you could take a level deeper but you know by proper writing you know not shorthand text feedback you know with run-on sentences and whatever spelling errors typos all that you can kind of see the shorthand or kind of text typing in the feedback and so when you model that communication or you model the timeliness then your students can reciprocate as well and it just kind of sets the expectation from day one.
3: And once we know what that expectation is, making sure that you were following that the entire time, following that expectation. And because the timeliness is making sure that, you know, what if, grading this assignment, not just the grade, the letter, it's the feedback that they're looking for. That feedback is important so that they can build on it to improve for the next assignment so that timeliness really has an impact on a student's performance. So those are some big ones is the specificity and the timeliness. A couple of other things, making sure, and I think we've touched on some of them just kind of intermingle so much that it's hard to kind of separate them because all together it creates great feedback. Making sure that your communications are clear, like Cody said, not just text, you know, that kind of speak, making sure that what you're saying is what they're receiving. So you have to make sure and and maybe clarifying, this is what I'm getting from you. This is what I'm trying to say. I want to make sure that that you're understanding my meaning. Um, We talked about personalizing communication. Um, And a great way to get started on being able to personalize communications with students is most courses have some type of introduction discussion, something of that nature where you're getting to know your students. That's a great way to create a roster of your students write down for each particular student some information that they may have shared about themselves about their career about their school where they live what their likes and dislikes are if you even ask questions like you know have you taken an online course before what was your experience like what did you like about it what did you not like about it that's going to help you structure uh, not just lessons but how you communicate with students so That's a perfect opportunity to kind of figure out how you can personalize communications later, whether it's in discussions or feedback on assignments. I love that idea. And making sure that when you give feedback, again, it's a dialogue, giving them something to work on. It's got to be actionable. Is this telling them your writing right here is not quite clear? I'm not understanding exactly uh, the thought that you're trying to convey, Make sure that you are trying to do such and such and such. Give them something to work on, not just, hey, this is vague. Okay, so tell me in that specificity, because it kind of goes with it, but give them a way to, to make action on it and to do better on the next assignment, possibly. We talk about it being meaningful, making sure that the feedback that you're giving them is actually feeding their knowledge of what they need to do and how they need to perform. Everything has to be useful. There's one when it it can be very tempting when a student, especially on a large writing assignment, it can be very tempting to pick apart every little thing that's wrong. Just remember that as a student, that can be very overwhelming. It can be overwhelming as an instructor because what if I miss one little thing that they did wrong? Make Make it a habit to when you're looking at an assignment, think about what are the objectives that this assignment should be covering? What are the most important, the top three things that the students should be learning, whether it's writing technique or the actual content? What do they actually need to know for this assignment? Focus on those three things and how the student can improve because you can also on the next assignment, mention more things, but you don't have to mention every single thing on that first assignment. Give them something to build on. So they improve on those top three or four things on the next assignment and then give them more to work on. So you can see that they're actually making that progress.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think you've said so many great things and I want to comment on them all. One thing that really stood out to me is the actionable feedback item. That is one thing that I like to say a lot. And that is just going to be the most helpful if your students have some sort of direction. After reading your feedback, do they know where to go next? And it's not, and I know some instructors fear this, that giving them too much is giving them the answer, but it's not as if you are doing that thinking for them. You just, they need to be pointed in the right direction. You know, that's why right. they're here. They don't but know. It's a
3: map yeah. It's a map that's, to get them there. And you can do that, but you don't even have to tell them. You can ask questions. I see that you mentioned such and such. How would that impact maybe include that in your writing? You know, things like that. Cody, you're about to say something.
1: Oh, I was just going to say I, I agree with that. And I think it's interesting when you look at feedback for like a written submission or paper versus if you have a technical course, like if it's engineering or statistics or accounting or something that's more, you know, math related and technical in that aspect, because I think the feedback is equally valuable, but it's two different approaches. And so often, like, for example, accounting is not my strong suit. Math in general is not where I'm naturally inclined. But I think What I look for as a student would be, you know, in my courses, I'm just looking for the stepping stones to get the answer. I'm not expecting you to give me the answer, but if I'm doing the same thing wrong every time, I'm not going to improve until I figure out what step that is. What step in that process. Sometimes it's just the explanation of how to get there or maybe giving me some additional problems to try once I've gotten through so I can do well you know on the concepts because often in accounting or statistics or those type of courses every week is going to build on and if if you're constantly struggling it's like building a house if your foundation is cracked your house is never going to stand and so you know that's the goal is to help get your house and you know build your house throughout the term
3: That is the perfect analogy for any kind of mathematical course, because you've got to have that solid foundation. And there's so many courses that have a certain process that needs to be followed. And it's not the numerical part that's, I don't want to say it's not as important, but it's, I need to know the process to get there and how are these steps connected? So if I make an error in this step, how does that impact something else? That's what they need to know. Not necessarily, oh, the answer was 38.253. It's okay. So why was that answer not incorrect or not correct? So that's yeah. perfect.
2: I'm teaching right now in one plus to do with fear of asking for help and fear of additional questions. And it, it's kind of embarrassing if you, you're not sure and a lot of students will hold back that way. And I like that strategy for feedback because it kind of invites them to dig further. It shows them where to go so they don't necessarily have to come to you directly for questions. And I think that also helps protect the instructor's time as well. The more you give them in the feedback and the more you yeah. reiterate the course topics and where to find it if they need to go back and watch a certain video or they have to go back and check instructions. The more you direct that, it's going to help you in the long run because you don't have to spend as much time on the phone or emailing, but it's also going to teach the student how to advocate and how to look back in the course and how to reflect and use feedback that they're getting to other instructors as they continue their journey. And I think that the way you explained that is, is really helpful um, and something that faculty can keep in mind because you're helping build student skills in your content area, but also as a student, And as a professional and I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah I think that that's really really great advice Kelsey to or a good point rather that the more feedback you're providing and the more direction you're providing that is going to protect your time in the long run so it might take a little bit longer than you know you might be used to to provide that feedback right up front.
1: I tell a lot of faculty is like weeks one through three be very thorough be very specific give these examples and by week four or five you know, if the student isn't applying the feedback, you can say a generic statement along the lines of, you know, you you continue to make repeated errors, please see feedback in weeks one through three, or that type of approach, um, because there's no need to repeat yourself if the student isn't taking action on the work you provided. But maybe the student is applying that, and now you can get to layer two and fine-tune some of those little things, because the goal isn't just being successful in the one class, either that one class you're teaching, it's building, you know, their confidence and their experience and their toolkit to complete their degree. You know, whether you're undergraduate or graduate, the end goal is to prepare them for their capstone courses and those those final courses, whether it's research, writing, whatever um, projects that are happening, and really to make them be successful in the in the industry they're going into, just so with some of the life skills that come along. With learning and 10 years after graduating from undergrad, I was never asked to cite anything in APA, but I found value in the skill sets where you research on your own and you take the time and you have initiative and you you seek out help and just some of those life skills that come along with it that are maybe not a a direct relation, but they are a direct result of your educational experience.
3: I think instructors will find it really helpful too. I mean, we talk about the student experience, but the better experience the student has, the better experience the instructor is going to have. And if they notice that. You know, a lot of students are struggling with the same thing. They don't necessarily have to keep giving individual feedback, make an announcement, put something somewhere that says, I noticed that this keeps coming up, let me clarify, or let, let's let talk about this a little bit. You know, there's, there's no harm in doing something like that to kind of create more dialogue and make students more likely to have a conversation. Cause I think they, especially in, you know, taking online courses, they, you really have to create that community because right now they feel are feeling isolated. Everybody okay. feels isolated in their own environment and not necessarily part of it. So we're really trying to bring them into that and create those conversations. But the better experience the students have, the better experience instructors will have.
0: There is something that you mentioned, Heather, kind of way back, but I do want to bring it up because I think that that is it is really important, not disregarding the importance of those introduction discussions and engaging with your students in a very meaningful way and keeping record of what has been said for each student, because that is what would have happened in a face to face classroom. You spend a lot of time in a face-to-face classroom really getting to know these students and You know, just through casual conversation or however it may be, but really getting to know them. And a part of providing like a personalized experience or personalized feedback is letting these students know that you know that they're a real human being, like with real likes and dislikes and real histories that they're bringing to the table here. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize that before we move on, that it is really, really important to not only engage in those discussions, but... I loved your idea of kind of keeping a record like on your roster, write a little note about the student Right. Like one thing that they might have said.
3: It, it's just, it's, it's integral in kind of creating those relationships with your students because the more they can tell that you care about them or actually you have these genuine feelings that you care about how they're going to be performing in your course and in their overall educational experience, the more likely they are to communicate back with you or to perform better because mm-hmm. they want to and they know that you're watching. So yeah. just kind of noticing just those little things that they may have said or done, and you can incorporate it in feedback, you know, and such and such. How does this relate back to your job as doing such and such that you had talked about when we first introduced ourselves? You know, things like that really set the stage for that relationship with the instructor and the student
0: that's part of getting these students to realize why their education is still so important even during a pandemic you know when we're so isolated like this is not i'm gonna pay my tuition and I get a degree you know we're really trying to make sure that these students feel the connection you know that they would have felt in a face-to-face classroom um, and really feel connected with their instructors and their education rather than just feeling like this is just a blind program I'm submitting things to and I don't know even know who's behind the screen so I do think that that's important and not to be dismissed. In a really cool way, I feel like all three of these topics that we're going to talk about kind of go with each other. So we have Kelsey Coates, the team leader of the College of Aeronautics, is going to talk about using audio and video within the course, which I think ties perfectly in with what Cody and Heather were talking about.
2: Yes, it does. It follows so well. I'm excited about the order of this. Our team, Caitlin, Caitlin and I are teammates, lucky for me, have been focusing a lot with our college. We're in the College of Aeronautics. On boosting instructor presence in the course. This is a huge initiative for our college. And between the three, Caitlin, Danielle, and I, we've spent a lot of time this year working on creating materials and doing some research into how we can help instructors boost their presence in the course because really in the online classroom, you shouldn't you shouldn't lose that personalization. You shouldn't lose the relationships and the interactions that you get in a face-to-face class. And there's so much opportunity afforded in Canvas. There's so much opportunity afforded in the tools that are available that there's there's so much many options for ways to personalize and kind of infuse instructor presence in our courses one of the biggest things that we've all kind of mentioned is using audio and video tools a lot of it can be done you see a lot of audio video feedback especially in the college of aeronautics lately because it's been such a push but those tools can be used throughout canvas you can use audio or video i i prefer video when it's not in feedback just because of the way that the page is set up and it kind of shows the students that video block will show them to click on it and kind of draws more attention to it but announcements discussions, feedback, module, and assignment pages, all of those have options for you to add a video. They give you, you've got studio in Canvas, so you can create your videos ahead of time and upload them, or you can go ahead and just record on the fly. Um, a lot of instructors I see will do that in an announcement just to kind of cover things that you don't really have a chance to do based on the, the course templated structure. So one of the biggest benefits is, is personalizing the learning experience. A student's going to be able to see your face. They're going to hear your voice. You're going to engage the student. Seeing you is always going to be more interesting than reading a written announcement. It's just a fact. I mean, some things can, can be conveyed really effectively written. And sometimes I feel like feedback has to be written when it's covering certain topics. You know, you want to be able to list everything and have the student follow along. But when you're looking at announcements, you're looking at assignment pages, things like that, a video is going to be really impactful. One of the biggest helps that I've found using videos in my course is I'm able to kind of talk through a course module or I'm going to introduce the assignment to a student and things are going to come to mind. I'm going to remember things that have happened last term where a student had a question or they got confused or the assignment instructions were phrased a little bit confusingly. So something that I'll be able to do is kind of anticipate and address potential misconceptions and questions. And I think students really appreciate that. I know as a student, I did. So talking through things that you know are going to stump students, talking through questions that you know they're going to have, talking through patterns that you've seen with giving feedback before. You're going to know a student's going to miss this, so or you're going to know this question kind of stumps them. Bringing that up ahead of time is really, really helpful. And we have a lot of our department chairs in the College of Aeronautics. I've seen them do it in their courses. A lot of our instructors are doing it. And it really, really makes the difference. It also shows the student that you're present, you're involved, you care, you know what you're talking about. And I think all of those are really helpful things that you would get in a face-to-face classroom that you can easily still get in the online modality. One thing I did want to mention is that it's, there's so much flexibility just even if it's just in your welcome announcement I try to I try to post a video announcement at least every other week I don't like to be on video I don't enjoy recording myself but I do know it helps but there's so much flexibility so I'll do mine just in my office and I'll I'll cover the module topics and I'll introduce things and I'll give pointers and all of that but we have instructors who are filming themselves from their airplane hangar, introducing themselves to their That's students great. talking about how excited they are about what they're doing and how what the students are going to learn in this class or going how that's going to impact their careers and it's so cool and it's so exciting to see I love seeing that in a course but that's it's, it's easy to do I mean you can pull out your phone and record a video or record from studio on your phone and that's a really great way to get students excited about what they're learning I think that also helps build a relationship between the instructor and the students so there's a lot more there's trust there there's excitement there's respect. I think it's a really, really great way to infuse your presence in the course.
3: Can I add something to that really quick, Kelsey? Because I think we really touched on something that kind of um, sparked in my mind is when you as an instructor are aware of where students may stumble or this, when you know ahead of time and you're making these announcements, you know, talking about the module or things that may happen or things that they may stumble on, this is showing the students that you know the content of that course. You are the subject matter expert and that really gives you a lot of validity and they trust in you because you're not just something behind the course that's just facilitating. You are teaching and you know what you're talking about and I think that really helps them feel more comfortable with if they have a question, they can come to you and you're going to be able to find an answer for them so that it really gives you that validity when you're showing that you know everything that that's going on in that course. I agree and I think it enhances
1: not only the relatability and like that connection on a human level but it also gives credibility to why you're teaching the course because it it gives such a unique window to share your expertise and really you know, especially in the College of Aeronautics, but really any subject you could take advantage of that and just show whether you're working out a problem or you're you're doing an interview with a professional, you're showing the airplane in the hangar and just showing live like what they might see. And even if it's not covered specifically that week or in the term, it it gives like the outside big picture within the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it gives the big picture to kind of what you're looking at and maybe what the long term goal is in You know maybe four classes down the road or if there's a sequential order that they're building up to but just that knowledge and that enhancement i think is invaluable when you have that real world application
3: right exactly that's perfect description
0: and that's why they're here i mean that's why i like to think that they're here anyways because embry riddle is known for you know hiring instructors that are very accomplished in the field and have become experts in the field like you have to have all of this experience so Let's not sit on it because we want, they want to know about it. You know, that's why they're here to learn from you specifically.
1: The only other thing I was going to say too, is it gives ownership to the instructor. You know, it was mentioned that they may not be the course designer or the course developer, but by doing the video announcements, they're kind of taking ownership of their classroom and really instructing and not facilitating. And I think for both the instructor experience and student experience, that's such an important delineation because even though you aren't designing the course, and even though you may maybe would pick a different textbook or would make a different format. The reality is that the course is designed for specific learning objectives for accreditation or you know other big picture things. But when you can overcome that and really just share your knowledge, share your expertise, share different practical applications, it gives you credibility, but it also gives you ownership and makes it your classroom environment, whether you're teaching face-to-face online or Eagle Vision, you know, in whatever modality.
0: Yeah, and I think historically instructors... You know may have been just a little hesitant to put to alter the class in that way to add a video or a blurb to the beginning of an assignment page to kind of offer those clarifications at the beginning of a module because our courses are very uniform based on learning objectives and for accreditation purposes but we are pushing this shift to own the curriculum. So the curriculum's there, you might not necessarily be able to change it, But we do encourage creating those those instructor-created videos where they're specifically talking about their own experience or they're clarifying those, you know, module issues, things that students typically get hung up on. You know, we do want those things to be added to the course. We definitely see the benefit of personalizing the course in that way.
2: Yeah, and one of the benefits of Studio is that it will let you record your screen. So we've seen a couple times, you know, I get really excited about announcements. I think that's the best place to engage the students and get them excited. I think discussions is a really cool place to do that too, making it more conversational. But for some courses there, the flexibility is allotted where you can on a module page or in the module introduction or in the assignment page, you can go through the assignment with them, you can project it on your screen, record it, use your mouse, mark it up, talk through it with them. And when that opportunity is available, and when it's used, it makes such a difference. And it, it kind of brings in that that lecture opportunity where you're not you're not hosting an hour lecture but you are able to cover those things that you would have covered in a face to face lecture by just recording a quick video and it it really is user friendly we have a lot of tools too i don't know if we can include them here or link them wherever we share the podcast but but there's a lot of resources on our website too um, that will that will show faculty kind of how to use this. I know for me, Studio was kind of intimidating. It's super easy now, but it it takes a minute. I mean, it's not something that we naturally do and it's not something we're used to doing, but it makes such a difference. And honestly, it, it's easier for me. Now we talked about kind of protecting our time and front loading and using a tool like this really helps me cover all the things that I know are going to come up as questions later. And it kind of helps smooth out the flow of the course and it it helps students feel more comfortable and it helps them feel prepared. I am going to, and you guys can join me on this if you want, but I am going to try really hard in the next term. I think Angie Angie has pushed me to this, our boss Angie has pushed me to this, this motivation, but I'm going to try really hard to make sure I do audio or video feedback at least once in the next term that I'm teaching because I haven't tried it yet. I've seen instructors do it. We're coaching instructors to do it. I know it works. I know it's helpful, but I haven't pushed myself to do it yet and it's something that I think is really going to elevate my teaching and it's going to elevate my students' experiences too. So I'm going to challenge everyone else also to try to just push yourself. It could be audio or video, but talk through that feedback with, with your students and use the software tools and use your assignment comments, but really, really personalize it. Um, it makes a huge difference and a huge impact.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that that is a great goal for 2021, entering 2021 with a new strategy that you're going to challenge yourself to try, whether it be one of the three that we talked about here or, you know, something else that you've researched or found entering 2021 proactively and not, and we're you know, here to help. Yes, we are definitely
3: (laughs) here for any of those strategies or ideas, or if you just want to bounce something off or let us help you. I mean, involve us. We're more than happy
0: to do that. Yeah, I mean that is literally our whole job. (laughs) Is we are here to help. (laughs) Um, We have all of those resources. Great website, plug Kelsey RCTLE.ERAU.EDU. There's literally everything you could think of there. But also we offer personalized or personal consultations, like one-on-one consultations. So if you have you know a specific issue that you struggled with over the last year and you're looking for ways to kind of overcome that in the new year, you can reach out, fill out one of those forms, and you can have one of those consultations with the faculty developers so the opportunities are endless and we just want to make sure that we're entering 2021 really well really positive and hoping that it's not a repeat of 2020. thank you so much heather cody and kelsey for speaking with me today it has been so fun can't wait to catch up with you a little bit later on in the year and you know talk about more teaching strategies That's all we have for today, and thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you have any questions or even suggestions for topics you'd like to hear in the future, feel free to leave a comment below or send an email to rctle at erau.edu.